and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you and a happy and inspired and inspiring new year to you and yours. Ah, Before I forget, if you're interested in an episode on the practical skill of setting New Year's resolutions, check it out, Weather of the Mind from December two years ago, Weather of the Mind 11, Practical Skill, New Year's Resolutions. Basically, the theme of that episode is set, like how to set manageable goals. Don't overwhelm yourself so you quit two weeks into January. But if you'd like to hear that episode, that was a pretty cool one. Nice throwback to December 2018. But here we are, December 31st, 2020, the last day of a very, very distinct and memorable year. One thing we could say for sure is that when we look back, we will not have trouble remembering 2020. Maybe we will, but no, even if we don't remember it as a blur, it will be a distinct. In our memories, I'm sure it will, if we were to see images from different years, 2020 would be with a different style of painting or a different soundtrack. Hey, maybe that's good New Year's project. If you could make one art piece, I don't care if you're not good at art, but if you could make just one art piece for fun, a song, a jingle, a sketch, a watercolor painting, a sculpture, a collage, a poem, that's the challenge, all right? The challenge today is, can you make a little art piece just that you'll appreciate down the road? You'll, you might not want to deal with it right now, but it's kind of like a commemoration. Hey, listen, we collectively got through a tough period. And we are still in the midst of a tough period, but it still feels nice to turn the corner on the calendar and say, all right, 2021. I mean, my big litmus test is when will, like, you know, we try to think when will we be back to normal? So what does normal look like? For me, I'm, I'm like, when will I be working in the bar and we'll have a bunch of people crowded into a bar, cheersing their pint glasses and saying, yay, we're back, we're hanging out. We're, well, when will I be in the cafe and I'll be sipping on a coffee or, and there'll be people everywhere and we're reading books and we're talking, you know, that kind of thing. You know, when, when does that look like? And as someone who likes to predict and make projections, I would have to say, the middle of the betting odds right now for semi-normalcy, geez, uh, I want to I say it's earlier because I like to believe it's earlier, but I think it's a reasonable goal that in spring into summer, we see some improvements, but not normalcy at all, but we get picked up by the weather in spring and summer. I think fall is a real challenge. If we can get to a point where we're doing pretty good with the virus and... You know, we have enough people vaccinated uh, and just things are, but there's so much unknown. There's so much chaos. There's so much, who do, who knows? It's so, I love predicting, <laughs> I love attempting to predict sports by picking football games against the spread. And one reason I love this is because it shows you how un how hard to predict and how ultimately chaotic the, the quote unquote system is, the system of uh, on every level, the system of your household, the system of your life, the system of, if you're talking about the system of international virus, to predict what will happen this year, I mean, we'll see. We just saw new strains popping up. Who knows? Today's episode is really about, I mean, it's another, I'm calling another casual chat, 
But I, if I was given a serious title, I would say two points of reflection and a few updates. Two points of reflection are nest. Thinking about what is a nest, what are what is our nest, and we especially depend upon a good nest this winter. Still living in a very corona restricted society. So let's think about nests. And I also wanted to talk, and the second point of reflection I wanted to share was extend the season. Okay, so the nest and extend the season. Let's do extend the season first, because that's a little bit easier. Extend the season is simple. It goes back to the allegedly uh, Scandinavian uh, expression, there's not bad weather, there's just bad gear. That's not bad weather, there's only bad gear. Okay, so... I remember a few years ago when I was spending winter time uh, house-sitting with an old lady friend, I would go running in the middle of the winter, and as it was getting colder, I remember her saying, you know, oh, I guess I'm not going to run until the springtime. It's getting too cold out. And I, and I was, like, shocked. Like, no way. No, no, no. Winter running, running in the snow as long as it's not two feet deep you know running in a little bit of snow winter winter is a great time for running and it's all about just changing your mindset and being like well if i dress in a way that will work in the winter it'll be comfortable see a lot of people just go running or work out in warmer settings and they're wearing cotton clothes and they just you know if you do that in the winter cotton kills Dry fit and wool have got to be the core layers, right? I'm getting ahead to the finishing point. The point of this story, though, is she she was thinking, oh, it's summer, it's wintertime, I don't want to run right now. And I just explained to her, hey, no, all year, just wear the right gear. You got to, we got to keep moving. You can't stop moving just because it's wintertime. We're going to go stir crazy. Now, I bring up this point because it just shows how we all have very big blind spots in our thinking and our logic sometimes. I love to bike and and go on long bike rides, but I, when it gets below like you know 45, 50 degrees, I say oh, I'll put away the bike and I'll just go hiking. And maybe that was just you know that was convenient. Uh, it was easy. But this year, as I've started training more and more on the bike and just enjoy it and and just have a good level. Once you get to a certain level of fitness, whether it's running or biking, it's just such a joy to get out there. And I feel that way in the bike ride now. But in past years, like I said, I would just put the bike away until the... But there's a lot of months where it's in the 20s and 30s in Ithaca, in upstate New York. So I, I, I just had the minor epiphany is like, no, you got to just learn how to dress so you can bike when it's 20 degrees out. Now, biking was always more intimidating to me than running in terms of the winter because... Well, sometimes, because you're coming on, on downhill sometimes, you're, you might be going 25 miles an hour, and you might have a very sweaty jersey, you know, you might be very sweaty from climbing up a big hill, and then you're going down a big hill. So this seems like a really big challenge to biking in the winter. And what I'm finding is, if you rely on dry fit or wool clothing, almost exclusively, I still guess, I, I mean, for me, when I'm biking in, yesterday I was biking and it was low 30s with like 10 mile an hour winds. So let's say it feels like 25 degrees out, which has gotten pretty comfortable for me. What I do is wear um, a very a bandana that covers my head and my ears, and then I put a helmet over that. I have a bandana over my face, both for the virus, but also when it gets that cold, it's good having a face covering. And then I wear 
a short sleeve dry fit shirt, a long sleeve dry fit shirt, a bike jersey. So that's three layers of essentially dry fit. And then I throw a cotton sweat hooded sweatshirt on and then I have my neon green windbreaker that it's like uh, you know it's like a health insurance plan at wearing that windbreaker I feel like you really can be seen especially well especially in the winter time when everything's quite gray that that green those green jerseys really pop I'm wearing my cycling shorts and leg warmers which are essentially like the rest of the cycling short from your thigh down to your ankle now here's the key thing if you're biking, like I said, you're you're really exposed to some some wind, uh, especially on long downhills. So your feet are prone to getting chilly. Now, very serious bike riders will buy um, I forget what they're even called, but it's something that goes over your your bike shoes that uh, like keeps your feet warm. Probably they call them just feet warmers. But I found the poor man's way or the <laughs> the cheap way, but it works very fine way to keep your feet warm and 25 degrees is to wear two pairs of socks and then throw a, a plastic bag over your foot and then put on your shoe because that plastic bag really acts as a windbreaker and you need windbreakers on your feet if it's below probably 35 degrees. Now, a point of clarification, I don't want you... Uh, biking with big plastic bags hanging out of your shoes. That's not good because it can get caught in your, in your bicycle chain. And you're also going to look ridiculous. What you want to do is get bags that are about the same size as your foot. Or take a larger bag and cut it so it fits right about, you know, as, a, as the same size and dimensions as your shoe. You're basically just insulating your shoe. So... I'm giving you that as inspiration and encouragement because maybe you live in a place and you're feeling stir crazy. Extend the season, whether it's hiking, biking, running, even sitting outside. So extend the season. Extend the season. But let's think about nests for a bit. What is your nest? How would you define your nest? Your bedroom? But it's also your kitchen is part of your nest, isn't it? I don't know. Is our bathroom part of our nest? Um, or is it really just where we sleep? And then, you know, how do we define the core elements of our space? If we're looking at ourselves human and we're also acknowledging looking at this human animal, how do these human animals live? What? How do they build their nests? It's very... I think people can make a few tweaks to their physical spaces... And a lot of that can be done by good lighting. One of the common things people miss is just having really uncomfortable lighting in their living environments simply because that lighting was there before they got there or they just inherited that lamp. So it's worth thinking about your lighting and how that lighting makes you feel. You know, building a cozy nest this time of year is very important. For me, I have a lot of soft lighting. And I like having a little bit of Christmas lights on. I, I'm a very soft lighting. I know that and I like having a nice wooden floor and a nice wooden desk right now and, and having some windows. Your nest also includes other living beings. Now, obviously, we think about our husband, our wife, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our brother, our sister, our kids, our our grandparents, whoever we might share our physical home with, housemates, roommates, flatmates, people who share the same building as you. So there are these other humans that share our space, but then there's also dogs and cats, depending on this sort of thing. 
But I have to say, since Corona began, I have invested and received as gifts a number of plants. Right now I have five plants and they're sitting on this nice little plant holder that my friend gave me for Christmas. By plant holder, imagine almost like a park bench, but with two tiers, like little stadium seating for plants. Yeah, that's, that's what this plant holder is. Very nice. The plants seem to be very happy. And these plants are sitting right by the, not far from the heater, but not too close. And they're getting a decent amount of winter sun. And they just look really happy. And just to look right next to my desk, right next to where I sit right now, and see these five plants and see them slowly growing is extremely grounding and, and simple and not a burden. Certainly a much less commitment than having a dog or a cat. A few plants. And I think that can can really help the, the vibe... The connection to nature, I, I think, is part of, of all humans. Whether we have tuned into that or not, being around living organisms is calming and grounding. But I have another surprise for you, and some of you will not like this other living organism in my room. Guess the return this year. My man, Spider Bro. So there is this spider, and I gotta look into the, the life history of spiders and actually figure out what type of spider this is. This could be not the same spider, but it is, seems to be a, a similar, same species of, as a spider that visited and, and really overwintered in my room two years ago. Right now I have this like little, I guess you can call it altar space, but that, that seems a little bit too spiritual or, or a little too much religious. But it's a place where I keep uh, pictures of my little nephew or Christmas cards, you know, or little mementos. So it functions as a, a bit of an altar to some extent. And the Christmas lights are, are hung next to this quote-unquote altar space. But what's very cool is my buddy Spider Bro set up his little web. But this is not a very active web. I swear this spider is mostly hibernating, yet I am sure he's alive because I've checked. And Spider Bro is just chilling, you know, six feet above uh, the little altar space for months. And two years ago, either he or, or she or one of their species did the same thing in a corner of my room. Now, I am a really, I worked as a beekeeper. I have a lot of appreciation for insects. I'm not saying I love all insects, and certainly if there were cockroaches in my room, I'd be less than uh, happy. And I know some people really are averse to spiders, but I, I happen to, I really appreciate spiders, and I'm kind of fascinated by spiders. And as long as they're not like crawling over me, I mean, this guy, this guy seems to be very content. Um, and, and again, I think it's cool that I'm in my nest where I hang out and sing and make noise. This spider wants to sleep for three or four months. <laughs> it's a great compliment. It kind of reminds me of a similar thing. When I used to go to Tasty Curry on my afternoon strolls in San Francisco, out in the inner sunset, 9th and Irving, I believe. So walked as Tasty Curry, and I would go there when it was empty, this little Indian restaurant, very special place, no longer with us. And I would be chilling and eat my 
my like veggie lunch special, my naan, my chai, some mixed vegetables, some basmati rice. And it's cool and it's dark in there and it's so cozy. Talk about a nest. Like this place was all about the chill, warming vibes. Murals of very, very sandy colored murals, sandy and maroon, very, very warming colors, this place, but also dark lit and quiet. And I'd be in the back sipping my chai, eating my, eating my food. And Ali was still working. Ali was, he was working and maybe he'd be doing a gentle sweeping at the front of the restaurant. And he would start singing or just singing to himself while he was working. And the fact that he would kind of forget that I was there and just let me be off to the corner. I like to think that's how Spider Bro feels hanging out here for the winter. Anyways, I encourage you to think about extending the season and about the nest. What is your nest? And if your nest is not comfortable, how how can you improve that nest going forward in this year? How can you carve a little more space for yourself if there's not enough of your own private little nest? Because having a physical space that's just yours, where you can just cuddle up and read a book, that's imp- I think that's really important for people. Nests. How do our nests? How are our? How are? How are our nests similar to the nests we observe in nature? I look out the squirrel who's frequently, or the squirrels who are in the maple tree right out my window, and I'm thinking, I don't see where those guys are sleeping right now. I'm not sure where their nest is, but I've seen squirrel nests. Are they in those nests in the middle of the winter, or? Or are the squirrels finding little holes in trees? Where are all the squirrels sleeping? Where are these nests? And we didn't talk a lot about the relationships in our nests. Obviously, that's a whole big topic. I think the fact that we're forced to spend more time in our nests show us that our relationships at home, at our nests may not be that healthy. So how do we improve or how do we create some space from those relationships. Is that possible? Corona times is very clarifying for us all in many, many ways. One other point is extending the season for me and biking has been such a joy because I like going for hikes and I, and I, I, I frequently do get into the woods, but the bike is exhilarating. I'm someone who was lucky to grow up about five, five mile, five, six miles from the ocean. So I had a lot of great memories of being in the waves and riding the waves, body boarding, body surfing, body boarding, surfing, just being in the water and the energy and the movement. And I really miss that. And I, I'm sure I've only really dabbled with skateboards, but skateboards can get you in a similar place. But so can bikes. When I, I love to bike with no hands and I love to bike up hills where you really have to bear down and kind of find a find something within yourself kind of battling yourself but then you get the joys of these long sweeping downhills which are exhilarating on on two wheels and balancing i mean it's the joy of of riding a motorcycle just powered by yourself i think a lot about horsepower and i think a lot about human pedal power because For so much of human history, a horse 
that can take you from point A to B, that can take you 12, 15, 25 miles in a day, even more, that can pull a cart, that can pull a wagon is an amazing thing. But similarly, to be able to get on my bicycle and climb these hills and go for 25, 30 miles on my human power interacting with this amazingly simple and efficient machine. The bike, oh, I love the, I love the bike so much. I love the bike. And I do think of my bike as my horse. And I appreciate it as such. But what's amazing is I don't have to feed this horse. I have to feed me. Because this is my legs and my lungs and my arms. This is my body interacting with this very simple machine. A very tangible tribute to the power of gearing. Say that for another episode. And it functions. You and this bicycle. It's like you become the horse. Like, who's the horse? You or the bike? Together, you become the horse. <laughs> so I encourage you to become the horse. <laughs> Bikes. I encourage you, if possible, to investigate the bicycle more. Especially when you think it's too cold to bike. Get some gloves, warm up those feet, layer it up, get some, invest in some dry fit clothing. Whew, nests. There's kind of nice balance. The nest is the home base, the bike, or extend the season is referring to getting out and still moving. We have, it seems like we all have some desire to nest every day and go to sleep and to retreat. We also have this desire to explore, to wander, to wonder, to move. So this is a nice balance to reflect on as we think about all we've accomplished so far during Corona Challenge and all that lies ahead. Feel free to drop me a line anytime, say what's up, say something to the podcast community, etc. Thanks to Eddie for some good inspiration with the nest conversation and let's keep the nest conversation and extend the season conversation going i know i haven't been putting out weekly podcasts but like i said last time i am in a really pretty productive space i'm just focusing on really ironing out the fundamental aspects of the weather of the mind school and what will be the Weather of the Mind School website, which will be the main interface for the Weather of the Mind School, trying to build a website that is visually stimulating and simple, that is ad-free. The school will begin as an online free school, supported by grants, supported by individual donations, and supported by the sales of hard copy materials. But we want to make soft copy, you know, PDF or ebook versions of materials free. We want worksheets to be free. We want podcasts to be free. And we want it to be ad-free. And of course, all serving the goal of practical education, emotional health education, lifelong education. All right, check your nest. Check your extend the season thoughts. You got any ideas, drop me a line. 
Check out Weather of the Mind number 11. That's Practical Skill, New Year's Resolution. That's on the website, weatherofthemind.org. This is Weather of the Mind 96. So we're going to start having some fun in the new year celebrating the old 100th episode coming up probably in in February. All right. Much love to you. Happy New Year. Living and learning. Please don't forget, stay hydrated. If you can get that pulse moving, do it. It's going to benefit your body and your body and mind are connected. And your body, mind, and spirit are connected. Hey, your body, mind, and spirit and my spirit are connected to some extent as far as I'm concerned. All right. Be well. Happy New Year. I'm out. Bye-bye. Thank you.